bit about myself and my own self-love journey because it it has been quite a journey to to get to this place but and it will continue to be a self-love journey for the rest of my life and I'm okay with that that's a good place to be for me anyway um so where did it start for me my self-love journey started back in 2019. Um, I was living in a shared house in a place that I just didn't really want to be. It was a it, they, nobody was necessarily horrible in the house, but it was just it was a very small room. I felt very enclosed, very claustrophobic, and it was definitely somewhere that I just didn't want to be. I was doing a temp job at the time, just an admin temp job, which was okay. You know, the people I was working with were great, but it wasn't wasn't what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was just getting by. I was just going through the motions. Felt like I was stuck in a rut. So I'd go out and meet friends. I'd be, you know, very... Um, very social, you know, I, I had friends, I would meet them, I would meet my family. And, you know, from the outside, I was, I was coping, I looked like I was, you know, living my living my life and getting on with it. But inside, I just felt like something was missing. I just felt like I was missing out on something important. And it felt frustrating because I didn't know what it was or what to do about it. And I wasn't sure where to, what, I was just desperate. I was really, really desperate. And I remember realizing that I couldn't remember the last time I'd felt genuine, like joy and excitement and thinking, oh, that's, that's weird. I've obviously numbed myself through my past traumas and in numbing those parts of me I'd I'd sort of lost a part of me and I just I completely fell out of sorts and I knew I had to I knew I had to do something about it and in the past when I've been through I've been through depression literally at points where I could not get out of bed you know, not caring, not caring if I didn't keep my job, not caring if I didn't call into work and, you know, said I wasn't coming, not caring how my relationships were and hanging out with people. When you're in the thick of it, you just don't care about the outcome of anything and you feel, and it's a really dark place and I've been there and I was on antidepressants for a while back, well, this was in my early 20s, and they did help for a little bit, you know, but they were never getting to the root of the problem, you know. And I didn't really understand how to do it at that point. I was like, I feel depressed. They've given me a tablet. Great. And that's it. But it kept coming up over the years. You know, I went through another bout of it sort of in my um, early 30s again. And the doctors were really quick, you know. Here's some antidepressants again. And I didn't 
take them that time and luckily I had a very loving um, partner who was absolutely fantastic with me at the time so he was just brilliant and understood and supportive and I couldn't have asked for a better <laughs> better person at that point um so I didn't feel like I actually needed them um but you know it was coming around again and I tried to help myself I'm very much the kind of person that you know if I'm going through something like that I will I'm like right I will study, I will learn more about it. I will get on get on Google and search things and how to help myself and so I I knew I knew what to do on some level but it I felt like it never went deep enough. You know, it never it never went deep enough. It never got to the root of why this kept on coming up for me. And I kept on just feeling, you know, so depressed. And we get this image of like a depressed person, you know, and I, I think this is changing. I'd like to think it's changing. You know, we think of a depressed person as somebody that's just always sad and always crying and in bed all the time when that is, that's not the case. You know, sometimes the most depressed person can be the happiest person in the group or the one that is seemingly the most happiest person in the group um, when in fact they're masking how they feel. So to the outside world, yep, looked like I was coping you know, doing all the things, you know, being there. But on the inside, something wasn't right. Something felt like it was missing in in me. I just didn't know what to do. And sort of a few years later, getting into my later 30s, I, you know, there was a bad breakup of relationship that was something that I thought I was going to be with for a very long time. And um, we had a very I don't know what the words is. I want to say toxic. That's too, too, that's too bad, bad connotations for that. It wasn't toxic. It was just something that I thought that I wanted and turns out it was not for me and it ended quite, quite badly. And I was obviously very upset about this, but I think I just built up those walls after that moment and thought, yeah, no, not for me. And from that moment, I couldn't remember the last time I felt joy. And I remember realising it and thinking, when was the last time? And I couldn't remember. And I remember being shocked and going, oh my God, I can't actually remember the last time. You know, you know when something happens, you get that, that, just that excitement about something. You're looking forward to something and you think about it and you go, oh, yay. You know, you get that little, that little flutter in your stomach and that smile on your face and, you know... And I couldn't remember. When I thought, this has been years, I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, I don't want to go through life not feeling joy. Like, who wants that? You know, who who wants to not feel the, all the emotions, you know? We're certainly feeling the sad, the sad emotions, the negative emotions. But I wasn't feeling joy or excitement. Um, so, you know... I ended up in this shared house doing this job I didn't really want to do. And I always thought that I would find my happiness in external things, as as many of us do. You know, we are taught to want the relationship, the house, the career, all these external things that will seemingly or supposedly make us happy. And for me, that was becoming an actor. I was like, you know, when I'm an actor, when I'm an actor, I'll be happy. You could finish this sentence probably in your own way. I bet I'm sure everyone has said this. Oh, I'll be happy when I have this money. 
I will be happy when I have this career. Oh, I'll be happy when I have this, this house. Whatever it is. I bet I would put my bet on it that everyone has, has said this or felt this in some way. Um, and I certainly did. So for me, a pivotal point was getting the career that I desired. I became an actor, you know, and I, d- I did it for a couple of years. You know, I went on tour and it was, it was great. It was challenging. It was great. And I, you know, I ended up touring in China. It was brilliant. But I remember thinking, hang on a minute still not felt genuine joy or happiness oh wait a minute (laughs) and it was like literally like a penny drop going oh wait oh yeah yeah I've known that happiness is an inside job but now it's like oh yes I get it. it 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 really is an inside job and it doesn't matter what you've got on the external of course you can have all those things and be happy but it's got to come from a place from inside first. So I knew I had to start this journey and it was out, out of desperation. It was out of just feeling so sick of just feeling down and low and and not necessarily depressed at this point. Just numb, frustrated, overwhelmed, sad. You know, all the things. And I wanted to do something about it. And I was like, right, I need to, I need to do something about this. I wasn't sick enough to get help, you know, on the NHS, which is, you know, <laughs> that's, that's another issue. But I was like, I ha- I have to, I can't, cannot keep living like this. So I started my, my journey. I started my self-love journey and it just began with me being really curious. I just got really curious about it. I read as much as I could. I started following people on Instagram. Oh, that was another thing. I stopped following people that were triggering me, you know, in any way. This is a really good tip. You know, we forget about the consumption we do of, you know, external factors like the news or, you know, our our social feeds. And you have the power to change that. You can switch it off. You can unfollow. And so I did all that. I started following people that inspired me and, you know, motivated me. And if they had self-love, I was like, yeah, that's what I want. I want more of that. I started watching things, you know, watching videos of things and just getting really curious and, and consistent with it. And I remember gradually, (laughs) you know, I remember it was such a gradual thing. And this is really hard to, to grasp, I think, because I didn't have a big sort of like, oh my God, yes, now I love myself. (laughs) Because it's, it's not like this, this work. And you get moments, you definitely get moments where I, I had like big aha moments where I was like, oh, wait, oh, okay, now I get it. <laughs> and those moments are golden. They are just, I I mean, you know, I could never get them back because, but they happened and, you know, and I still get them now, you know, when things happen and just a li- another little penny drops and you realize maybe how you've been speaking to yourself or what you've been thinking or what you've been consuming. 
And, you know, it's all about having a self-awareness, more, more of a self-awareness to, you know, to correct that. Um, and the more you do it, the easier it does get. It doesn't never goes away fully, but the easier it definitely gets. And, you know, it was such a gradual thing for me. And I, but I do remember the moment I, <laughs> I literally felt so much joy that I jumped around my, my room and <laughs> I was so happy. I think I booked, it was something so, it sounds so simple now when I say it. And, you know, I booked tickets for Fern Cotton's, um, she was doing her happy place, happy place, um, festival. And I was like, yep, I want that. I've been listening to a podcast, loved it. It's like, yes, get me to that festival. And I was just going to pay for a normal ticket. And then I saw the VIP ticket and I was like, oh, that's, a, I think it was a hundred and something pounds, which at the time felt really edgy. I was like, I can't spend a hundred and whatever pounds on myself. No, I don't deserve that. I'm not worthy of that. But I was like, but do you want this? And I was like, yeah. So I booked it. I clicked. And I remember <laughs> literally this bubble of joy just coming up in me. And I remember literally just jumping in my room and going, oh my God, I was so happy. I was so joyful. And then I was even more joyful and happy because I'd created that within myself. And this was after months and months of, you know, doing the work, doing the inner work, which I'm sure I will talk more about, um, but doing all the things that I was doing consistently and just staying curious and just, you know, more self-aware, more self-compassion and then this happened and I remember feeling more joy because I suddenly was like, oh wow, I've created this excitement in myself because I knew I was worthy of doing this and I did it and it felt amazing. And from that moment, I've sort of never looked back and I'm never saying that you, you know, you don't have dark nights of the soul where you just have really bad times, you, like, it's, it's never, it, it'll never be a journey that I will stop, but that's okay, because with each time I do it, I am cultivating that love, that self-love within myself, that I can, you know, if something does happen, I find it a lot easier to maybe not respond in the way that I would have responded in the past or, you know, if something's triggering me now, you know, I, I never, you know, it's never about the other person. It's like, oh, actually what is unresolved in myself? What, what do I need to look at to take and to take the power back into myself to go, okay, that's triggering me. Why is that triggering me? You know, is there something in me that's um, not being fully felt or fully healed, you know, and going into that and being really, really reflective. And a lot of this work is about reflection of yourself and staying consistent and doing the work and having more awareness. And it has been, it is hard at times, you know, doing this stuff isn't easy and I think sometimes we always want an easy route, don't we? We always want the easy way out. We want the quick fix, something that's just going to work for us, that is going to help us. And of course, you know, 
that can help. But I think if you want long-term, unconditional self-love, then you need to be consistent with it. You need to be consistent, consistently showing up for yourself every day and knowing that you have yourself as well. Knowing that you have yourself and you validate yourself no matter how you're feeling. You know, even if you have days where you, on, you know, seemingly you don't do much, it's you know, considered a, a negative day where you just you don't really do much. Maybe you just sit on the sofa, eat crap food and watch Netflix, but you are still worthy in those moments. And it's about still unconditionally loving yourself in all these moments. And it is a practice. It is definitely a daily practice, but it is one that I'm on and I want everyone to be on this journey with me. So um, I'm going to talk way more about all the stuff that brought me on this, well, started me on this journey, all the things I did. And I hope you will come along for the ride. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about myself. So thank you for listening.